So, Josh, I played a game with my children, the old classic Monopoly, with a twist. Okay, what was the twist? The twist was I actually had them use real money, so not Monopoly money. And it was a really interesting experiment because it changed how they played the game. I was actually inspired by a TEDx talk. Uh, This guy had shared that he had done the same thing, and I wanted to try it myself. So today we're going to discuss Real Money Monopoly, today on Curiosity Continuum. everybody this is josh and this is brian thank you for joining us today on curiosity continuum for those of you tuning in for the first time curiosity continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends which to spark your curiosity help you integrate information and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world we're going to do this with you um, by sharing conversations that explore examine and reframe common practical topics and if you want to receive updates when new content's available please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. And we appreciate you, our listeners, for subscribing and engaging with us and sharing your curiosities with your friends as we explore our topics together. And as always, you guys can find us on curiositycontinuum.com. From there, you link out all of our social accounts, and we thrive on your feedback. So, Brian, you were talking about this real money monopoly that you guys did. Yeah, I keep uh, some cash on hand, and I had to supplement a little bit with like fake money that looked real. You know, like the learn, <laughs> okay. learning money you do, but sure. we st- we had a chunk of it, and so I did as much not, as I possibly not, not counterfeit money, just not fake counterfeit, money. <laughs> yeah. not the fifty dollar bill from Goonies, like yeah, you know, exactly other things that says this is a fraud on the front. I had enough though, where like they got real one hundred dollar bills, they got real twenty dollar bills, tens and fives. There's no real five hundred dollar bill, so I had right. to leave that off. But immediately they're like, oh my gosh! And so my daughter, who is eleven. Roll the dice, and she landed like on Reading Railroad. <laughs> She's like, "Are you gonna buy it?" Because she loved railroad. She goes, "Nope." I'm like, "Why?" She goes, "That's two hundred dollars, Dad." <laughs> you know, but it's so interesting because they all of a sudden went. This because is... it was like a real profit or loss, like a real loss they could have. Yeah, and yeah. now for them, you know, to have a stack of, you know, here's a hundred, here's twenties, like, oh my, like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money for somebody who's like, like not of working age and doing stuff. You know, they're really, they were really taken by it. I think we should just probably, we'll just uh, start, in case of you guys don't know what Monopoly is, I don't know where you've been, but Monopoly <laughs> Monopoly is just a, it's a game. It's a game about uh, risk and reward, about, you know, uh, rent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, being a landlord and really just kind of like capitalism at its finest, right, Brian? Yeah, basically. My yeah. mom has a not endearing term for Monopoly called monotony. She believes that it's the most boring game on the planet <laughs> to do. So I don't ever ask her to play Monopoly because she just flat refuses to do it. Well, you, you could like dole out the cards at the beginning, you know, and make it go a lot faster. I know. I, you play Monopoly your own way for so long, you actually forget that there's rules that <laughs> it's like, oh, this is actually how it's supposed to go. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So and I think every family has their own ways to play. Right. We do. So one of the yeah. one of the things that we do is if you ever pay like luxury tax or income tax or like there's a uh, pay the school board 45 bucks or whatever, that goes into the center. And the if middle. you land on free parking, it's like cha-ching. You get you all do. that money. Okay. A lot you of do. people play that. Yeah. Just so people know how my children are wired. My son, who's 13, is very much more, I think, the natural risk taker, especially when it comes to like 
trying to like spin a deal. And he is also uh, more aggressive as far as his deal making. He also had a preference for like the more expensive properties like Park Place Boardwalk and the green properties. Lily has always liked like lower priced properties just kind of anyway. But the deal making between them has, has got interesting as this thing went along. And I've taught them. <laughs> sure. You know, Isaac turned to me and he said, Dad, why don't you help me with deals? I said, because you already make aggressive deals. I said, I have to teach your sister actually to push back on you a little bit, you know? Yeah. So anyway, here's, so we didn't deal any properties. We just started going around the board, right? My daughter ended up winning. I'll kind of spoil it at the end. So her total cash winnings was $4,943. And she actually ended up owning all the property on the board. She swept her dad out, out the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, Isaac was the first to go and then it was me. But there was actually like a real $40 cash prize they were playing for. So it wasn't just like, there's real money and we're just passing it. There was actually a prize at the end of this thing. Okay. Here was what was interesting. First thing that came out was that, like I said, kind of in the intro, uh, there was more conservative management of money because now it wasn't just like this pink piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Was, so like, like you think this was, I mean, I mean, obviously this is a direct result of them having the real money in their hands. Yes. And not like just having paper money like, oh, don't matter if I lose it because, you know, it's just a piece of paper. Right. Exactly. Th there was um, so the guy on the TEDx talk and I will do my best to post the link in the show notes for this show. He said that the fundamentals of how money actually works, even though we do things electronically now, there's like a foundational thing that has to be built into people so they understand right. actually how money works in the analog sense. So then you can kind of make it flow in another sense. And that's kind of something that I think a lot of people have kind of lost a little bit too because of how everything is electronically debited now. You might not realize sometimes how your money is coming and going. Right. And you his know? point was that with his children is that like they need to know that there's real money or real things going along with it. Now, as far as like what your money's worth and different kinds of things. That's a whole different, altogether. that's a whole different topic. Yeah. But to have them understand like this cost me this, therefore it constrains me to do this thing. Right. And that's an important relationship because you can actually physically see it. And that's how we learn. The other interesting thing with this, Josh, is that they were very careful when they received a payment. Oh, to count, to count the money? <laughs> yeah. It was like $28. Like, Give me the sure. money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Like the person counted, they watched them count it, it got handed to them and they double counted it. Which sometimes they're like, oh, it's good enough. But they were really, they really made sure like they got paid the correct amount, which I really liked that they're being diligent. Yeah, because even in the rules, it says if you receive improper payment and you don't point it out, it's yes. your loss. Exactly. You yeah. Which that leads kind of to the next thing that was really cool. We play where if you are the owner of a property and you don't see that somebody landed there because you're not paying attention. Oh, you can claim next, it like. Well, you can actually, you can, the next person rolls and they lose the ability to collect the payment. That's actually, isn't that supposed, like technically how it's supposed to be played? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've implemented that and I really like it. Yeah. My son had a, uh, I think it was on North Carolina. I landed on it. He didn't, see, actually his sister landed on it. He didn't see it. And I rolled because I was, I rolled after Lily and he lost out. He had one house on it. He lost out like 110 bucks. <laughs> and he's like, he came to his turn and goes, wait a minute. Like, you owe me money. I go, I already rolled. You lost your opportunity. And I said, it, the lesson was that you have to learn to manage your own business or mind your well, own business. Well, and you have to be, pay attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't just be off in like <laughs> la-la land, you know? Exactly. Yep. Um, for some of you who are listening to the podcast for the kind of coming in and are new, you know, Josh and I are some of the last of the Gen Xers. And so we 
Gen Xers kind of that, what do they call it, Zennials or something like that, that weird transitional In phase. In between where, generation, yeah. yeah. Analog childhood, digital adulthood, you kind of came into that. We learned that this is kind of what you do as far as you go to school, you get a, you go to college. If you're qualified to do it, you get a good job, and that's kind of the way the world works. But it definitely doesn't work that way now, and especially with a lot of shifting and things happening in the world, people are looking toward other ways to do their life rather than just, I'm going to work a nine to five. Part of uh, Josh and my's journey is even doing this podcast and kind of putting our tendrils out there. What was what they realized very quickly, my children, was that you can't get rich just going over go. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like you can count on that 200, but after they both landed on income tax a couple times, they had to pay that 200 back. They go, man, this is terrible. I go, yeah, you know, you might want to have another stream of income other than just Going across going go. Back, going back. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but if you don't start building and somebody else does, then you're going to get eaten alive. Right. And so that was that was the tension. Lily actually built first. Well, she had okay. the, she had the cheaper properties. So that was, you know, you could put like the hotel on Baltic for like I think a cool what, like two hundred and fifty bucks. I love time. I love that strategy of getting the cheap properties is one of my favorite yes. strategies. Because for a very little cash outlay you start bleeding quite heavily into the uh, other people. Yes. And that's what Lily did very effectively from the very beginning. She liked those and she kind of just kept consistent. So after she built, she kind of just went around the board and made sure she managed stuff. I told Isaac, I said, hey, you need to start building because he was landing on his sister's properties and having to pay. So it was sure. eating up his crossing go money. And so he he worked a deal with me to uh, get some monopolies and stuff. And I negotiated immunity and all that kind of stuff. Uh, then he started to do it. And that's when now it was like you had to balance. I'm going to go through the gauntlet of my brother's properties, through the gauntlet of my sister's properties. And I would counsel them because I was the banker. I said, like, do you have enough cash to get through this potential <laughs> this, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, this, this potential situation? Yeah, exactly. And they, they, they made different decisions because of it. They're like, not only that because it was real money, but they also knew that there was a prize at stake. Sure. I think the last piece of this was, was so interesting is that I noticed that when they actually were using real money, the immediate high properties, like the really expensive properties, didn't appeal to them as much. <laughs> yeah. Like like a normal person. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, and eventually that became a strategy of some kind. Um, the things that also got gobbled up were the utilities. Now, my daughter was like, oh, these are boring, dad. I said, that's okay. It's consistent. Right. There's yes. some things that you're taking some risks on. There's some things that are consistent. And then she loved those. She hold she held onto those for the entire game. And usually it was her brother landing on it, so she got a lot of fun. <laughs> and what's nice but, about the utilities is when you own more, you get a higher payment. Yes. And it's yep. it's a little more uh it's a little different than the actual properties are set up. Right. You're never gonna get necessarily rich by owning those, mm. but it's a nice little thing on the side. You know? Yeah, it's like having stocks. It's a nice dividend to have, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, too, like I saw this article, I believe it was in Forbes, and it showed how billionaires broke up their investments. And it was really interesting. There was never, it's all in one thing. And right. So they had some things that were looked really boring. And there are some things that, like, that that looks exciting. And if I think if you look at successful businesses, um, a lot of them are like that too, like Microsoft, for example, or Apple. They have more than just their technology strain, strains. You know, like sometimes they they own like insurance companies, yeah, and like utilities or some other weird thing they own. 
Yeah. And you're like, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, it's someplace to park their money, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like a guaranteed kind of stream of income. Yes. Warren Buffett is a name everybody should know. If you know, if you know what Monopoly is, the game, you probably know who Warren Buffett is too because there's yeah. similar vintage there. You know, he. Um, some people know, many people don't know though that he is actually, he's really into mobile homes. Yes. Yep. And he owns land. He'll own the places. He also owns like the financing mechanism for people to buy a mobile home. And it's like mobile homes. Isn't this guy one of the richest men in the world? It's like, yeah. And it's like, but he has that. It's like, it's not the only thing in his portfolio, but it's definitely something that he's doing because it's makes him a lot of money. And so I think sometimes people, they look at something the way they've looked at it and go, well, that's what that is. What was fun about this is that this made my children look at Monopoly in a different way. Right. Just to kind of help understand life. And this is like what Josh and I talk about is having a contextual awareness to kind of back up and maybe look at it from another another standpoint. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this all the time. And I think this is a great kind of like a great real world example of how you can change the way you view things. So Monopoly with real money, you know, I mean, yeah. that is a totally a different or even if you don't have the real money with it have a prize at the end that yeah. maybe is real money or something that they could do some, you know, because for kids or even for people, for people in general, this would be a great low risk way to kind of, I don't know if you want to say it'd be like, kind of like trying new things, you know, yeah. like just instead of just like, like I'm a creature, I have it. I think everybody is, but I mean, if I go to subway, I'm telling you like nine times out of 10, it's a cold cut combo on white is what I'm having, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I very rarely will go in there and say, you know, give me a meatball sandwich. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I mean, so this would be a way for, you know, a lower risk way for me to try that, you know, to do something I wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And it's something where you're not going to hit it. Mo- like the most successful people have also failed the most times. And the famous example is Thomas Edison. It's like he failed, like, you know, he said, I have 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. And I finally found the way it did. But successful people, it's not like, look, they choose gold every single time. It's like, no, you don't see all the things that they failed at before they maybe hit the golden streak even. Yeah. I mean, it's life. the same thing like Babe Ruth, you know? Yeah, he had all these home runs and, and you know, he won all these games, but he struck out also like one of the most times too, because he's mm-hmm. always going for the home run. <laughs> right. So you got to realize that you got to dust yourself off because you know you're going to fail sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay also to hit a base hit. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. and that's what, um, like the, for the Monopoly example, Mediterranean and Baltic are not grand slams. I just. No, they, but they get you on base. They get you on base. Yep. And so, um, by the way, I need to add too, that I told them that if they lost to me, they had to pay me some money. It was small. It was like a $4 fee. So they're like, crap. So if I lose, there's actually not just the upside, but there's also a small downside to it. squeezing blood from a stone Brian. exactly (laughs) no that's a great uh idea um to do though because it gives them a risk reward situation yes because i want them to be able to go into their adult life regardless of what career they choose regardless of what their skill set is they need to have financial wherewithal for one and also kind of help manage whatever business they find themselves in if they want to go uh, work for a company, if they want to own their own, if they want to uh, get into real estate, if they want to do all these other kinds of things, I'm um, hopefully what I'm doing is just helping lay little bitty stones at a time to help them build that wall themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the, 
that's the challenge here today, right, Brian? It is. The, the challenge is take something like this, like Monopoly, or like experience, and use it as like a stepping stone for something else. Yeah. And you'll learn a lot. And make sure you write it down, because after I did this, this happened a few days ago before Josh and I have our regular uh, recording sessions. So I made sure I took notes, because <laughs> certain details can start to escape you if you leave too sure. long, which I've done in the past. So, But go play some games. Uh, go make a run on your bank and <laughs> put some in your <laughs> safe at home. So in case you want to play real life Monopoly. So yeah, I think this is a good place to just put a comma on, Brian. Yeah. So until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.